0: At one all fair for man, one giant leap for mankind. The British Constitution provides that taxation and representation shall go together. Therefore, women taxpayers are entitled to vote. I have a dream today. Let freedom ring and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. Well, welcome to episode four of the Only Human Podcast. Hey, our audience is growing thanks to you. So please continue to spread the word to anybody who might want to get a little bit more out of life by understanding how it is we close that gap between who we are today and who we're capable of being tomorrow. So that brings us to the topic of the day, and it is a big one, complacency. The state of mind we slip into when we lose our drive to improve. Complacency kills. Literally. Sometimes quickly when we take our eye off the road and something bad happens, and sometimes more slowly and progressively when we lose our will to continue to get better or take our eye off the risks that are surrounding us. Which brings us to the Blue Threat Proverb of the Week which we've moved up in the uh, the show a little bit, thanks to popular demand. And it's Blue Threat Proverb number 34, failure hunts. Far too often, our complacency prevents us from seeing things that are creeping up on us, that are frankly dangerous. Or at the other end of the spectrum, we don't see opportunities or or the things around us that would create opportunities in time to seize them. So I'd like to reflect back to where this, uh, the origins of this Blue Threat Proverb, it's from one of my favorite books and favorite authors of all time. I looked around to try to find it. I've got like three copies of it, but they're all stuffed in a box somewhere. Anyway, the book's called Fate is the Hunter by Ernest Gahn. Ernest Gahn is an author on the uh, level of Hemingway. Um, quite literally. He's an amazing writer, very prolific writer. He wrote a lot about, he was an airline pilot back in the early days of the airlines, right? And he wrote a lot about his experiences, incredible stories. His, his doctrine for staying alive was that he believed that there was a set of circumstances out there, out there that could kill him. And his goal was to stay as far away from those circumstances as he could. In order to do that, he had to learn what they were. And he also had to look for allies in the fight. And so he knew there were certain things he needed to do to stay safe and certain things he couldn't do if he was going to stay safe and survive this period of time when airplanes were falling out of the sky like leaves in a fall wind. So out of all that uh, stuff in uh, fate is the hunter, I came up with blue threat proverb number thirty four, which says failure hunts, meaning it's it's after you, right? So I want to take this in mind, and I know sometimes I get criticized for being too is the word anthropomorphic when you give like human qualities to inhuman things, but I think conditions that can can pop up and hurt us, it's not a bad way to look at it to think it's a malevolent force, right? Because when we think that way, we're more likely to defend against them, we're more likely to be less complacent. By the time we're through here today, you will understand that there are malevolent forces out there that seek to keep us complacent, right? So I'd like to attack complacency from, from three levels today, right? the first we'll start from big to small the first is societal you know what what does our complacency have an impact on society the next is complacency inside of organizations right your your workplace your church your social clubs whatever it is and most importantly how it impacts us as individuals so we'll walk through those one at a time let's get started by looking at how others take advantage of our complacency to achieve their own objectives. And most of the time, we don't even know they're doing it. You know why? Because we're too complacent to notice. Segment one, how big powers manipulate us to their own ends. So in the fight between good and evil, between good people and bad people, motivation is everything, right? Now, here's where you've got to really follow me for a second because if you don't, you're going to get lost and this will just be the same thing it's always meant to you. Um, Complacency is not a little word. It's a big word, right? Good people, bad people. The things that motivate immoral people are bad, but they're powerful. Things like greed, power, money, lust, hatred. Because most of us are good, We are not motivated by these things. But since we don't have those strong emotions, we're also not motivated to stop them. So therefore, those who are driven by these these desires, right? Greed, money, power, lust, hatred, gain a tremendous motivational advantage over the so-called common good people. They count on us to remain unmotivated and passive. And we do so. We retreat into addictive modes of apathy, passive entertainment, a host of streaming shows to watch, or we retreat through um, substances like alcohol, legal weed, other kinds of weed, uh, whatever it is, uh, or addicting social media. Here's the thing. It's all pushed by the evil sources that want to keep us apathetic. And I call what they do to us The complacency doctrine sounds like a thriller, doesn't it? Maybe I'll write that. It appears to be working, right? Keep the good people busy. Keep the good people dumbed down. Force them to feed our desires, right? So recently, many of you may have seen this. um, There's a social, I guess I would call it a social protest song uh, by Oliver Anthony, right? He's a viral sensation. You can Google this up anywhere and type in rich men north of Richmond and he bemoans the current state of affairs and and inside his lyrics they hint at the problem of good people who feel powerless I'm not going to sing it but I am going to quote from a verse or two he says I've been selling my soul working all day overtime hours for bullshit pay so I can sit out here and waste my life away drag back home and Drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you. I wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. There's a lot of there's a lot of soulful wisdom in that song. You got to hear it and play it. Back in the 1960s, that would be called a protest song, and maybe we need a few more of these to motivate us. But there's other places where we can find out about this complacency doctrine and why it's so. Um, nefarious, right? Even biblically, we're warned against this state of affairs. James, uh, those of you that are uh, Bible people, know James is a brother of Jesus, right? And in James 3.16, he tells us this, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. For when envy and self-seeking exist, Bad people's motivations, right? Confusion and every evil thing are there. Now, a little bit deeper into this, if you take the word envy and you look at the the root word in the Greek, it's zelos, Z-E-L-O-S, which is literally defined as a fierce desire to promote one's own idea and convictions to the exclusion of everybody else. So between good and bad, we got a motivation gap. And that's a very bad thing for us good guys. At the most basic level, the complacency doctrine argues that when individuals choose to do less than they're capable of, they will eventually fall victim to those who are willing to do all they're capable of to achieve their selfish desires. I want to reflect back because I guess I was in seventh or eighth grade and I went to my first basketball camp. And uh, I remember... One of the camp speakers, I think it was Coach Bill Ullenbrook. This was up at the Wolverine Fundamental Basketball School in Michigan. Anyway, he told the story to all of us. He said, Somewhere out there, when you're reading your comic book or or not practicing, there's somebody of equal talent who is. And when you meet, they will win because of things you didn't do while you could have. So get out there and practice, damn it. So it was a great, great motivational thing for a seventh grader. I kept it in mind, I've kept it in mind my whole life. And it really um, is a form of the complacency doctrine. Somebody's working hard to take something from you. Right? Fate is the hunter. And this plays out a lot of ways, both professionally and personally. Think about the charismatic careerist who cheats their way to the top, badmouths you, um, you know, a host of other toxic behaviors, but yet they get promoted in front of you, right? Or think of the narcissistic friend, in quotation, air quotes for those of you listening, uh, who uses you for their own purposes. And then when you're no longer of any any value to them, they discard you. I guess the new term is they ghost you when you're not of any value anymore. In nearly every case, they rely on our meekness and lack of resolve to achieve their ends. So that's how complacency works. Right? When we allow it to happen to us, we are empowering people who want to take advantage of us. Right? At the organizational level, you've all seen bosses that you know you'd have a good idea and you'd come forward and say, Hey man, I can make this work better. And they say, Yeah, shut up and color. I, I'm not interested in new ideas. Right? Why? Because it threatens what they want, which is the status quo. Complacencies become the fulcrum, maybe not become. It has always been the fulcrum of our future. And if we can't close this motivation gap, it's a dim future indeed. So remember, at the most basic level, complacency argues that when individuals to do, do less than they're capable of, they'll always lose out to people who are willing to do all they're capable of. Evil motivations tend to be more motivational than our desire to continue to improve when we're already, quote, good enough right? So there are people out there who realize, as we do not, that small things done by large numbers of people can have a tremendous impact on the future. The society's future, the organization's future, the family's future, right? There's some tricks they use to keep us complacent. Um, Actually, four of them I want to talk about. The first one is distraction and deception. So like magicians who use big gestures and and pretty objects to draw our attention away from what's actually going on, our adversaries used a host of tools to point us in the wrong direction, right? Look over here, puny human. You don't need to see what I'm doing with my left hand. The second tool that's often used is, is polarization, and man, is this one ever present in today's society. By dividing people up into an us-versus-them ideological battle, it could be over anything, right? Uh, team werewolf or team vampire, uh, I don't care, but pick your pick your battle. They create the illusion that we're engaged in something important. Right? You know, all we need to do is click more likes on this particular argument or that particular argument, and man, we're engaged in world affairs. When they continue to manipulate behind the scenes on our collective future, and, and by creating this polarization, brings us to the third thing they use against us, and that's what I'll call the herd mentality, right? This polarization fosters uh, us all to tend to think alike, right? It's also been called a meme mentality where we are, are deep thinking, our logic is boiled down into little pithy statements. And then that's carefully managed through key influencers um, to keep us focused on the wrong things while they're moving in some area or not, taking opportunities away from us, uh, raising taxes, uh, who knows what it is, right? Social media was intentionally designed for this very purpose, and those masters of it use it and use it very well. And all three of these things lead to the fourth big weapon they have, and that is all of it drives us into a internal cocoon of complacency that discourages deep thinking. When we don't think deeply, we can't plan and take meaningful actions to seize opportunities, improve our lives, improve our families, um, be competitive in our careers or change our societies from, from some of the wrongs that exist. The way that they do this through the three things I just talked about, right? Social media, discouraging, deep thinking, polarization, all those things, is they push emotion into the mix right? Emotions will always temporarily overrule logic. And when they do that, they keep us from realizing what we actually can and should be doing to make a difference in our personal life, in our family life, in our jobs, in our in our societies, right? As, as one of my readers, I, I, I published some columns out there. Those of you on LinkedIn probably read the one on the complacency doctrine. One of my readers pointed out that thinking is hard, right? And and when others can flood our every moment with, uh, you know, busyness and comfort seeking, we naturally push away the hard in favor of the easy and comfortable. It's like they're saying to us, relax, puny human. There are so many easy things for you to do, and you can't make a difference anyway. Grab another beer, surf the web, watch another episode of your favorite reality TV show. No need to think deeply about any of this. Just relax. Mm-hmm. So those are powerful weapons, right? And that, like I said, I, in, the, in the complacency doctrine war, I think the, the bad guys are winning. But we also have some weapons at our disposal. And while I, I don't have any silver bullets, uh, I got a couple hollow points in the clip. For those of you that aren't gun guys, never mind. It just means it's powerful stuff. So the next segment, I want to talk about what we can do to overcome complacency. And in this section, I wanna talk about unraveling three words. Motivation, resilience, and resolve, right? So as I said over and over again already, I'll say it one more time, motivation is the key, key to the realm of changing our world, right? From whom we are today, into whom we're capable of being, right? And also preventing those from taking us in the other direction who we are today to to lesser beings under more stress with more danger, right? But motivation is only one key to the realm, right? Is there more than one key to the realm? There is today, right? I want to quickly look at three things that we have to develop or find along along this journey to defeat the people that are using the complacency doctrine against us. Let's talk about motivation. We have to become motivated. Motivation is essential. It can come from a lot of different places, and we're going to talk about it in a little more detail in a second. But here's what you got to realize. Motivation is temporary. Right? Because it's driven by emotion, it's temporary. Right? You have to find a way to take that and make it more permanent. So here's the second magic word, and it's all over the place now. You can Google up any mental health thing, and it says we all have to be more... Resilient. Resilience is important. It literally means bouncing back, right? When you say bouncing back, that only returns you to a previous state, right? We took a hit, something bad happened, and we've got to be resilient and bounce back, right? Okay, I think that's really good, but I don't want to just bounce back, I want to move forward. And that leads us to our third magic word, and that is resolve. Resolve, in my humble opinion, is the 50-caliber round of long-term, sustainable motivation and improvement. Resolve expects trouble to arrive. It It embraces the battle when it does arrive. It will consistently encourage action. As you fight through some negative thing in your life, resolve will help you power through it and along the way you learn from that battle win or lose which ends up putting you back on the horse a better rider so let's just talk a little bit more about each of these because i said these are 50 caliber rounds um every journey starts with a single step right what a cliche tony i thought you had a podcast i thought you were a writer sorry it's often the motivation that that gets something started, right? It's like a sudden gust of wind. It makes our spirits soar. We get excited about something. For me, music. I get motivated by songs, right? I have a whole bunch of songs that that I play to motivate me. One of my favorites, someday we'll talk about motivational songs, but um, it's by Rush, uh, Closer to the Heart. Just that will always spark Energy in me, right? And it might not be a song. It might be a book. It might be a hero. We talked about heroes back in episode one. It, it might be some short term goal or long term dream. Uh, or even like we talked about last time when we talked about ideas, it might be a fleeting moment of inspiration where you go, aha, if I do this, then I can achieve that or the world will be a better place. But just as quickly as motivation appears and your your sails are full of wind, it can disappear, it wanes, it's transient, it's temporary but it is the beginning, right? It is the beginning. So we're on our way to resisting complacency because we're motivated to to do something. And along that journey, we run into problems, right? We're going to encounter some storms along the way. And that's where that second magic word comes in, resilience. It's resilience is the ability to withstand the tempests of life, to endure them and to bounce back. But as vital as that is, like I said, It's a very reactive force. It waits for something to hit you and then say, okay, I'm going to bounce back now. It's good. It's good that we get back to our starting point, to a a familiar comfort zone. But oftentimes when we do that, we're encouraged to like, let's rest up before we have the next thing uh, that we need to do. And that leads us back into what? A state of complacency. So since we're kind of using this goofy journey metaphor uh, imagine having a compass. I got one here. I got a cool compass. This is an old lensatic compass. My uh, my dad gave me a long time ago, Old Navy lensatic compass. Imagine having a compass. I didn't even know I was going to use that as a prop. And compass is no good without a map. So now we got a compass, a map, and a big old bag of uh, granola bars and and stuff, provisions to sustain our journey, okay? So we got something to guide us. And we know how to navigate around trouble. And it charts, a course, to our destination. And we've got provisions so we can maintain strength along the way. doesn't guarantee we're not going to have to cross a swamp or a mountain or something like that. But but it looks like we begin with the end in mind. And that is we're getting to the end of our journey. And it's going to be a better place. That example, dear friends and listeners, is resolve. Right? It's not just about enduring challenges, it's about anticipating them. And some some would say relishing the challenge when it arrives, right? So something gets thrown our way uh, and and it's not, not, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? It's like, I've been waiting for you. Let's get it on, fight on, right? It's a whole different mindset, but it's hugely motivational if you have that kind of resolve. When you expect the challenges to arrive, you thrive on adversity, you learn from it, and you emerge stronger and further toward your goal. So while motivation ignites our journey and resilience helps us weather the challenge, it's resolve that ensures we not only continue on our path, but that we grow along the way. So in the battle against complacency, we have to build resolve. It's it's like the undercurrent of long-term sustainability. Even if we're not doing anything else, it will it will pull us forward. And like I said, it's not just getting back on the horse after something happens; it's getting back on a better rider. So we're kind of winding down here, uh, and I want to I want to hit a few takeaways. And I'm trying to make sure my last couple of podcasts went over my promised 30 minute uh, self-imposed limit. This one I want to come under a couple of minutes, but we're going to wrap up with talking a little bit about how we can develop that, that resolve, right? It, it definitely begs the question, what fuels resolve? Is it something that can be learned? How do we discover it? How do we create it? And I'm going to tell you that resolve is completely anchored to what our cause, our purpose is in life oh no, here we go on another one of these Discover Your Purpose Journeys. Nope, we're not going there, right? Because I don't believe we can ever really discover our purpose unless we first create it. So as we move forward, I'm going to ask you to tune in next time for the dramatic conclusion of the Complacency Doctrine discussion. We're going to call it The Incredible Power of Personal Purpose. Right? But before we wrap up episode three, let's go back and remember a few things along the way, and see if we can summarize uh, with a few key takeaways. Thing one, failure hunts, right? There are things out there, uh, whether they're malevolent forces or just situational factors in our life, that if we don't know what they are, and they all line up, it can cause us pain, right? Uh, Driving when you're sleepy, uh, not paying attention to your health, not getting the required checkups, uh, not not calling your spouse from the road. There's just a hundred little things that that can combine into a set of forces that can absolutely jolt our lives, right? Failure hunts, and if you think of it in that way, you begin to look around a little bit better for the predators that might be sneaking up on you, right? The second thing I want you to remember is that other piece of Ernest Gahn's Fate is the Hunter wisdom, and that is Equally, there are allies out there for your cause, your purpose, your life, but you have to look for them and find them, right? Not only do we need to see what can hurt us, we need to see what can help us. And once we see those things, we are almost naturally motivated by our survival instincts and our instincts to to do well in life, to stay away from the bad things and pull the good things in towards us, right? So failure hunts, and we need to understand that our overall situational awareness, looking for dangers and also looking for opportunities is, is one of the first keys. The second thing is to know that that there are people out there that are intentionally trying to keep us apathetic and complacent. The If you wanna learn all about this, Google up the term attention economy. And for every minute you spend online looking at Facebook or uh, anything else, there's money associated with that. They are, they are trying to drive your eyes onto a screen and hold it there. And they're being paid for it. And we are the ones doing the paying. I've said a hundred times, if you're getting something for free, you are not the customer. You are the product, right? So understand and boycott the attention economy at least enough for you not to get caught up in this endless pleasure-seeking comfort zone of mindless screen staring. Then the third thing to understand is that there, there are four big tools that they use against us, right? Distraction and deception. Like a magician, look over here, don't pay attention over here. They try to polarize us in different directions. And when they do that, they try to form us into a herd mentality where you think this way, you're team vampire, you think this way, you're team werewolf. And in so doing, they they get us to, Create the illusion that we're actually engaged in a fight worth fighting. And through all of that, they discourage deep thinking. Right. And when we can't think deeply, we are never going to close the gap between who we are today and who we're capable of becoming. Or we're never never going to be able to stop the push to make us less capable because others are using us for their own purposes. And then remember the the big three, uh, not silver bullets, but hollow points that we have motivation, resilience, and resolve. And finally, that all those things are tied to the power of our personal purpose. Well, that's a wrap on episode three of Only Human, uh, where we believe in the power one, where each of us can learn to make the most of our blessings and the most of the challenges that we face. So once again, please follow my podcast, link it, share it, promote it, like it, whatever else you can do to get the word out to everybody. And most importantly, provide me as much feedback as you can on this. If you're a listener, you know you can reach me at Tony at um, Please, I'm begging for your feedback because after all, I'm only human. I'll see you soon.